Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Pulling the Strings. Today we're going to be talking about DevOps, automation, and guess what? Parenting. Bet you didn't see that one coming. It's a special episode, as a lot of us at Puppet, yeah, we work day to day on helping folks make their infrastructure more compliant, secure, and whatnot, automating uh, ad hoc tasks, orchestrating them into complex plans. But sometimes you need to apply those skills uh, back at home, you know, improve the mental well-being, get some more sleep. Uh, one of our product managers was telling us all about this really cool automation setup that he has for his newborn. So we have this special episode today with Bill Tang, product manager. Introduce yourself real quick. Hey, everyone. My name is Bill Tang. I'm one of the product managers here at Puppet. And as Andrew mentioned, I am a new parent to a uh, two-month-old. And joining us remotely, which is a super special treat, is Alexa Sevilla, one of our product marketers, who is also a parent of young children. Alexa, please introduce yourself. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, so my name is Alexa Sevilla. And I have a daughter that is almost eight heading into second grade and a son that is five and a half heading into kindergarten. So I've got some some experience on this podcast. <laughs> right on. Um, myself, um, Andrew Nem, managing editor of Puppet.com. Actually, I have a little young one, almost four years old as of this summer. And summer is actually a really great time to start automating away things that we probably don't want to do so we can spend more time with the little ones, uh, doing things like, uh, you know, for us, campfires are huge, uh, bike rides, going to the park, grilling. And speaking of grilling, I think we could probably get ready to ask Bill a bunch of tough questions about how in the world you are automating your newborn experience. This is amazing, Bill. Uh, yeah. So when my wife and I first had the baby, it's very difficult, as all new parents know, of like getting the baby to bed, getting the baby soothed and quiet. Um, and actually getting enough sleep. I think that's what our biggest challenge was getting enough sleep. So one of the things that we used to do was we would just take babies on a car ride. And that was like our way of like soothing where we reached oh, that yeah. ultimate point of like, I can't rock you anymore. I can't cradle you. Like you want to be carried. You want to be held. I'm just wiped out. I'm going to put you in the car and we're going to go for a drive. Oh, yeah. I recall those as well. They're usually successful until the one time you come home, baby sleeps, and then the minute you take them out, it's like starts all over again. <laughs> but Alexa, now that Bill has eliminated the car uh, white noise, put the baby to sleep tactic, how is he going to get his fast food fix? Because that was the great enabler of the late night snack. <laughs> yes. I don't think I ever went through the drive-thru with the baby that late at night. I'll have to think about that. That that's that would have been an excellent <laughs> idea. I was probably so exhausted that I don't even know what street I was driving on, to be honest. You know, one of the key things that we've done um, in the past two months or so is invest in something called a SNU. Like, if you're not familiar with the SNU is, it's a smart bassinet. It basically automates the bedtime routine of putting your baby to bed, swallowing the baby, getting the baby shushed, following Dr. Karp's five S's, you know, shushing, swaddling, side to side sucking, and sound, um, I believe. Um, I may have that mis mixed up, but... Uh, we'll add it to the show notes, though, yeah. so people can check out that link if you want to learn more. Yeah, so, so basically what it allowed us to do was basically cut down our routine of after we feed the baby, trying to put the baby to bed. That was the biggest challenge of getting her quiet and soothed. 
And this thing is, works like magic. You put it down, it takes away that manual step of like swallowing the baby and actually rocking the baby to bed. Instead of taking half an hour to put a baby to bed, now it takes all of two minutes, which is amazing. That is amazing. And it helps you and your partner spend a little more time figuring out, you know, maybe the next day. I mean, it's 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 hard when the, the kiddo's first there and your schedule's completely on its head. Yeah. Um, you know, it's such it's funny because uh, when we were planning this episode out, we were we were drawing all these uh connections between DevOps and parenting. I know people probably don't put those two things together, but we did come across uh, some pretty interesting DevOps days con- uh, presentations, right? Yeah. Someone, uh, was it in Seattle or San Francisco? Yeah, it was in DevOps days. There's talks about parenting and like yeah. the three major um, parallels. Um, like for me, um, the, the parallels are slightly different. I think it's being a brand new parent, um, you're thrown in this role, right? And it's chaos. You have no idea where to start. Very similar to your DevOps journey. You have no idea where to start, but you're forced together to work as a team. And I think that's one of the big parallels that, that I have, uh, that I've taken away from being a new parent and DevOps is that it's a cultural shift or a mind shift on the way you think about things. You're no longer thinking about two separate tracks of work, um, for lack of a better word. Now you're working as a team with a single outcome of like putting the baby to bed. There are a lot of connections around celebrating both little and big wins. You know, yeah, we're not shipping tickets, but we're changing diapers, right? Yep, yep. We're changing bottles. We're cleaning bottles, right? Yeah. Uh, and like Bill said, it's preparing for the unexpected, being able to have a system in place between you, your partner, or whatever your system of caregivers are to handle the unexpected. And, and most importantly, working as a team. Yep. And Andrew, just to touch upon that, I think another key step that kind of parallels parenting with or newborn parenting to DevOps is having the right tools and having the right workflow for that. And one of the things that I've learned very early on was having a separate station for each one. So it's almost like a pipeline for <laughs> for feeding the baby, uh, changing the baby, you know, putting the baby to bed, and just having the right tools that makes those each one of those steps a whole lot easier. So you have a continuous deployment methodology for dealing with your, not dealing with, that's a hard word, <laughs> but for raising your child. Uh, absolutely. So like you know, feeding a baby at, at two in the morning uh, or trying to get the, the baby changed and fed. And what I've learned is like, if you minimize the steps as much as possible and simplify so it's repeatable and leveraging the right workflow and leveraging the right tools. Like for example, when we first had our baby, we had no idea if she was eating enough. Mm, yeah, so one of the things we, yeah, yeah. So one of the things we've we ended up doing was getting a, a changing table that was also a scale. Are you kidding me? So as soon as you're changing the, the baby's diaper, you know exactly we change it before. Uh, she starts feeding, and then it automatically captures her weight. And after she finishes feeding, we put her back on. We know exactly how much she's eaten mm-hmm. and if we actually have to supplement or not. Wow. So you're telling me you have data-driven like diaper changing. Absolutely. And I, I think that's one of the key things as well is the, the monitoring or the data tracking. And I think that's another parallel between DevOps, right? Knowing how you're progressing, knowing if you're actually making a difference and if you're successful or not. Wow. You're blowing my mind, Bill. Um, Alexa and I, we, we talk about our kids a lot. We work on a lot of projects together, so we often, you know, we'll chill out, talk about the fam. Alexa, you and I both have young kiddos uh, past the toddler stage, but I don't recall... You know, I wasn't allowed to bring my iPhone into the room. Uh, what about you? Were you? Did you all have a bunch of gadgets and whatnot in the newborn room? No. And while I'm, you know, I, I'm happy to say we're, we're good with the two kids. Um, Bill's 
the gadgets and stuff that he has, it almost makes me want to have another just so I can like <laughs> do all this stuff. But your comment about the changing table with the scale is such an awesome find. And I totally wish we had something like that with my daughter because she also um, chat was weight challenged. Um, but yeah, no, it's just fascinating. And it, and I feel like, you know, every year there's so many great things that come out that make it easier, whether it be strollers or changing tables or, I, you know, there's just so many fascinating things. Um, it's really incredible. I, I do wish I had some of these things. So what kind of value do you get bill out of the data that you're collecting what do you do with it do you and your wife sit around at dinner saying like oh looks like kiddos at a great weight she's she's pooping normal you know like what 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 are these conversations like well i think a lot of it helps like soothe or is more of peace of mind for our insecurities i mean being brand new parents you have no idea what you're getting into um not knowing if the baby's healthy not knowing if the baby's eating enough whatnot like if the baby's sick or not having um having the right tools and having the right data. Like we can track her weight. We can track like her heart rate as well and her blood oxygen levels to ensure that in the middle of the night, my worst fear is SIDS, right? And yeah, I think it's all like many like, parents, uh, many yes. new parents. And being able to look over and seeing that, you know, she's still breathing, seeing her blood oxygen level is where it needs to be gives another sense of, I guess, comfort. I mean, obviously you, you shouldn't rely on those exclusively. Right, But it gives that extra layer of comfort of seeing the progression of how the baby has grown from, say, you know, seven pounds. Now she's almost 11 pounds. And then seeing the, the progression of the amount of food she's eating. If we have concerns that she has a fever or not, we have automated ways of taking her temperature as well. That just kind of helps with everything. It, you know, it's not a crutch, but it's, it's a way for us to, you know, we're both very scientifically driven. So having that data approach really helps us. So it may not work for every parent, but at least it works for us. And that is a really good point, Bill, that you make. You know, it's not for everyone. You know, it's an interesting topic for us to throw on the podcast here because, you know, we work for a company that helps folks with automation and whatnot. Uh, But you're right, you know, uh, to each their own. Everyone has their own specific uh, needs. It's interesting to me that you did not have to spend as much time as say like, I know I sure did. And I love to hear from Alexa too. Uh, you know, you have to sneak into the room at night sometimes, you know, make sure uh, they're not in a funky position in the crib. Uh, I'm sure every parent knows that test where you're like, wow, they're sleeping way soundly. I should put my hand in front of their face just to make sure I feel a breath. Like to be able to ignore or not ignore, but just to have that peace of mind. I'm sure that's, that's awesome. And, you know, not roll the dice of like, Hey, if I open this door, will this, you know, kid wake up and then you got to put them back to bed and all the other stuff. Right. I would say I would agree with that. Like the tiptoeing in Uh kind of the the watching, like, is the chest rising? Are they, you know, and then creeping back out, staring at the monitor. Um, Yeah. It must be really cool at some point to be able to map out that data over the course of, you know, infancy, or I guess it goes newborn to infancy to toddlerhood. That's going to be really neat to see your kid grow in that way. You're already seeing them, you know, crawl, uh, flip over, roll, flip over, roll over, all the, all the cute baby things, um, walk eventually. But then you're going to have this whole other set of data, uh, you know, along with watching their skills grow. That, that sounds really amazing, Bill. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I'm a gadget guy as well. And I, th- I think some of my friends tease me about, like, if the things – have you ever seen Black Mirror? I have not. I haven't. There's an episode about like raising a kid and over monitoring. 
Ah. And I think that's one of the things that I need to be more cognizant about is not over monitoring the, ah. the kid. Oh yeah, Black Mirror is like a millennial Twilight Zone, right? Yeah, but yeah, but I think just having that that data and seeing that her progression, it's it's more about ensuring that she's healthy versus like being a helicopter parent. Yeah, you're getting the right data so that you don't have to do that, right? You just know you have that peace of mind. You can focus more on just being a parent, being there too. You know, I think uh, they're all. I mean, pick pick your favorite blogger article this there's so much about like you know are you there and are you like actually present with your children yeah um and i and i like the promise that you know if we can find legit ways to incorporate integrate automation into everyday life that you can then spend less time being stressed out burned out by having to wrangle the giant you know intense workload that is raising someone and instead have more mental capacity, emotional capacity to be there and really enjoy it. The one thing I've really relied on is like this baby bottle warmer, right? Where it takes away the errors that I would introduce into the process. Tell us more. Um, So when the baby first came out, we had to supplement the feeding, right? Mm -hmm. Where you had to heat the the food or the the formula or the, the milk to a certain temperature. I'm not that good at that. And I would always constantly have it too hot or too cold. Now there's, you know, we have this baby bottle warmer. You turn it to a certain time, it guarantees that the milk or the food is the right temperature. So I'm not having to like monitor and watch over and turn on a stove at 2 a.m. in the morning. I remember having problems getting the food right at like 3 p.m. in the afternoon, right? When you're up in the middle of the night, it's way harder to do that stuff. So to be able to rely on a gadget to ensure that the milk or the food is spot on, like, yes. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it's, it's taking away that fear for me of like burning the, the, the kid um, <laughs> yeah, with my, my incompetency at 2 a.m. in the morning. So it's been really helpful. I remember the early days of feeding cycle. We were doing hour and a half on average of getting like when we fed her to by the time we got her back to bed. And through all this different stuff that we've tried, um, you know, the different automation stuff, we've been able to get it down to about under half an hour from start to finish. From feeding the baby, changing the baby, and putting her back to bed. That's pretty good. I mean, that, I mean, everyone loves a little return on investment for their work. But that streamlinedness is great in that you get that process down. Um, you know, I remember, like at least with my kiddo, uh, repetition structure, they're all about it, right? So to be able to make that super efficient just helps you all put the kiddo to bed so you all can go to bed yeah i mean and i think getting more sleep has really allowed us to enjoy those precious moments when we're awake uh and when she's awake full dry and happy mm-hmm. um you know we, we can actually take advantage of that so have you figured out a way whether it's via automation or a data-driven approach to eliminate blowouts that is a great question and i think maybe with ba- based on data because at this stage in, uh, of her life, she doesn't poo for three to five days. So um, map that cadence out. We can potentially narrow down of when we need to put an extra diaper in. Wow. You heard that here, so. everyone. We're getting closer to uh, data-driven insights that will help us avoid the time-honored tradition of dealing with the newborn slash toddler blowout. A time-honored uh, trial by fire for all parents, new and old. So we've covered weight changing diapers, bottles. Um, what about the bath? Anything for the bath yet? We haven't given her a full bath yet. Really? Well, actually we have. 
but oh. not not like every day. It's yeah. more of like we hold her over the shower, we spray her. Are you telling me you've invested so much into the automation of the other processes that you don't even have like the little cute uh, bath insert? One of the things we overdone is like we bought too much <laughs> in raising, raising yeah. the kid and preparing for the kid. Which is also a DevOps problem. You know, too many tools in the tool chain. Right. And all of a sudden you're stuck with like, how do we fully utilize this? Do we need to utilize this? Do we need this at all? Where, are we still focusing on the right problems at hand? Uh, Got to know. Um, are you using Bolt to orchestrate any kind of task? Not in the baby um, automation, but overall my household automation. Oh, wow. So there like doing routine maintenance of resetting or installing a patch on my home server. I'm, I'm absolutely using Bolt for that, but not in the baby automation part. Uh, do you think you'll have like a dashboard at home that shows like baby stats? Uh, potentially. Wow, That's, I was half that, kidding. That, when that I would asked be kind of cool. I, I would have to invest <laughs> or investigate to see if there's APIs to pull that data from the services that I'm yeah. using. Yeah, and then put it up on the family TV. Yeah. Picture in a picture. Yeah. Have like a Daniel Stripe Tiger <laughs> up on the big picture and then baby stats on the corner. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's some so, advanced stuff. Yeah. So, Bill, I have the pleasure of working with you day to day. I know you're big on optimizing the data you receive on your phone. Are you piping any kind of these baby stats uh, to your phone? Then getting the ult, I, I feel like you have the ultimate dad view now. You get pictures of your kid, you get texts about your kid, and you have data about your kid. Like you just get this whole view of baby. Yeah, I, I have, um, if you look at my phone, I have how much she slept, how much she <laughs> ate, how much she weighs, and um, if my wife inserts in or, or records it, how many diapers she's changed during the day. Wow. Bill, I kid you not, my partner was out of town for a bit. I was solo parenting for about about a week or so. I'm pretty sure I skipped the teeth brushing here or there, not on purpose, but because, you know, maybe I need to invest in a bit of this automation and whatnot to kind of clear my mind a bit, open up more time to actually really make sure I hit the schedule for, you know, my, my soon to be four-year-old. I'm impressed. So if we have other parents out there who are wanting to get started, what are the, uh, you know, baby steps? That's a great question. Um, for me, there, there's this great YouTube channel called, I believe his, uh, his channel is called Dadverb, um, really highlights um, all the cool gadgets you can put into your nursery. So that's where I got started, but um, I kind of went, you know, full tilt on that. Wow. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. We'll throw that link um, into the show notes as well for folks who want to check that out. Bill, are, do you know Baby Shark? I don't think I do. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a couple years. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'll be different by then. So, you know, yeah, I'm sure Baby Shark is, is like mainstream meme enough. If you don't know what it is, it's just, I think it's from Hong Kong. Is it a Hong Kong or Taiwanese kid yeah. show? And it's oh, this my son segment it. where like this kid is talking, it's just a catchy song yeah. about Baby Shark, Grandma Shark, Mama Shark, Dada Shark. Mm. And it, it just became this viral hit. Um, I'm sure if you listen to it, it would just destroy all sense of automation and data collection that you have going on with your kid. It's just one of those things that just, it's a brain breaker, but kids love it. They do. I saw a meme not too long ago that was like, you know, our kids are going to be dancing in the club to baby shark. Like it's all of a sudden, like some remix is going to come on and all the young kids or our age kids that are now club age. Yeah. Baby shark. <laughs> yeah. No, you're probably right. Like it's some remix 
the 20th yeah. year anniversary of Baby Shark or something <laughs> like that. I kid you not, my my daughter jams out to this random ABBA Mamma Mia workout mix. There are a couple layers here that we need to unpack. The first layer is that anything by ABBA is more or less pretty darn catchy. Yeah. Okay. That's level one. You add in Mamma Mia, which was, you know, love or hate the play. It's a play, right? I've only ever known it as a movie. It's There's an actual play. Which one yeah, came first? The movie or the play? I think the play came first. Okay. I've so then the they movie. made the movie. The musical. Right? The musical. Sure. Yeah, another layer of just like awesome musicality via Mamma Mia, the play. And you add this third layer where some geniuses out there turn it into like a 80s, 90s style workout mix. 20 tracks of workout Mamma Mia. This is in the family car all the time. Uh, I know it track by track, as does my daughter. Uh, it's incredible. She's jamming out to that. So I don't mind because it's, I think it's better than Baby Shark, but hey, teach their own opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'd much prefer listening to, I think, Mama Mia in the car than Baby Shark on repeat. But occasionally, like the hand motions are kind of fun. But they are. Yeah. It's like that uh, uh, Daddy Finger, Mama Finger, Where Are You song. It's like the next version of that. Totally. Right? Sounds like I have a lot to learn. Yeah, I think you're on the right track. (laughs) Did you go too hard on the automation front? You need to catch up culturally now? I think so. Like, after the baby, we have not watched any TV shows. We're not even caught up with Game of Thrones yet either. Oh, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers, please. So, I will share, though, the catching up on TV, that doesn't get better. Like, (laughs) my husband and I just, it took us three days to watch A Star is Born. We just finished it last night. So... Just a, Good to a know. level of don't get your hopes up too much with catching up on shows and being on top of everything from that regard, because yeah. that's still hard. So what you're saying is you've adopted an iterative approach to watching movies and shows post having children. Yes. Got it. Got it. See, full circle. DevOps, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew, one of the mentions, one of the other things I've automated um, in our nursery um, you know, my, my daughter has sensitive skin, so the humidity level has to be ah. just right. Um, I actually have a humidity sensor in the nursery or in our room that, wow. that detects when it's either too dry or, or too moist and it kicks on and off the humidifier. Wow. Can which you is pretty cool. add essential oils to it? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure she's allergic to any of the smells yet. I guess you're right. we have to check. I guess I was thinking of the full adult version. Like I would love that personally. Hey, maybe that's our... Next startup idea, Bill. Keep that in mind. Right on. So we've covered sleep. We've covered changing. We've covered feeding. We've covered heart rate, blood oxygen monitoring. We've covered sensitive skin and how to deal with humidity in the room. Bill Tang, what haven't you automated yet? The actual food delivery Ah. to the baby. That's one thing I would like to do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like in terms of like weird, uh, possibly illegal means of doing it or more of like something cute that you'd see out of like a Pixar movie? No idea. Right on. Well, maybe that's an episode uh, for the future. All right. Well, we've covered the entirety of how Bill Tang is automating the newborn experience. Uh, Would love to hear more from listeners. Feel free to uh, hit us up on Slack or on Twitter if you've got any ideas or comments about that. If you'd like to check out Bolt, our open source task orchestrator, go on ahead to puppet.com slash Bolt. You can check out the rest of Puppet at puppet.com. Uh, Otherwise, thank you all so much for joining today, Bill 
and Alexa. Thank you for having me. It was really awesome to chat and listen to how Bill has everything automated. Thanks, Andrew, for having me. And another big thank you to all our listeners out there. We totally appreciate it. And yeah, we're going to try and add more uh, segments on just the other ways folks are automating uh, their day-to-day lives. A big part of Puppet is to eliminate soul-crushing tasks and whatnot. And, you know, they're not always at work, right? So... Let's all find a better way to uh, make our lives better, be better to one another. And uh, yeah, take it easy, everyone. When Bill isn't doing his product management duties and his parental duties, he's probably working on his awesome talk for the upcoming Puppetize PDX. So for those of you who are interested, Puppetize PDX is our user conference on October 9th through 10th. You can learn a lot more about it at puppet.com slash puppetize. We hope to see you there.